you need to keep your mouth behind your microphone. You're the worst. <laughs> you're like you because you are. You're always like, I want to put my mouth to this side <laughs> every time. You're the worst one. You're not the worst. I know. One. Ralph's actually the worst one. The EQ because his laugh just goes from yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, so in the car, yeah. in the car, I have it up and. Compared to other podcasts, it's up a bit extra, yeah. and then Ralph just full peaks at four. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it's like five five thirty in the morning, heading to work, and just Ralph laughing is just in my yeah. ears. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Board Game Gateway Podcast, episode number 34. I'm your host, Neva, and I am sitting around the table with two uh, hosts for this evening's podcast, or today's podcast, whenever you happen to be listening to it. On my right, I've got uh, regular host, Damien. Hi, I have died. He does have dice. I have dice. He's promised me he's not going to play with them too much during this podcast. I lie. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And sitting to my left, we have a special guest joining us. We've uh, spoken about him quite a few times on this podcast, but we thought we'd finally bring him in. We have Mr. Reese. Hello, sir. How are you? Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, our Appreciate pleasure. it. Thank you so much for coming and joining that us. That was a long-time listener, first-time guester. Guesta. First time, first time guester. That is right. <laughs> um, and uh, for those of you, if you've not heard us talk about him on the podcast, Reese is uh, one of the uh, the the fourth admin of the MacArthur Board Gamers group that we uh, all kind of help run this community group that we help run. Yeah. Um, and so we thought it was about time to get you. <laughs> into this podcast because we we've talked about the events and gone yeah and then we've talked about it we've gone, yeah Reese is great <laughs> but it was like yeah, should we bring him in yeah and so yeah so it's lovely to have you here mate come to be here yeah it's great so we're gonna have a bit of a chat tonight on today's podcast we're gonna have a chat about a few different games um we're gonna be having a chat about black orchestra uh we'll also be having a chat about uh the new uh deck building uh, hotness which is star wars the deck building game mm-hmm. uh we'll be talking about a uh a podcast favorite or Damien's favorite called Potion Explosion. And then our board game gateway, or sorry, our gateway game of the week. Um, if you're looking at our YouTube channel, you'll see it set up in front of us. We played a game called Cubitos, mm. which is a, a fun deck building game. We'll get to that later in the podcast. Check the timestamps down in the YouTube uh, timeline or in the description of your favorite podcast app, wherever you are, to, uh, to skip ahead if you want. But before we get to there... Um, Mr. Reese, you had a board game day at your house just this past weekend, am I correct? I did, just on a whim, messaged, uh, we have a group chat, Mm -hmm. like a random one, um, with a bunch of guys in there that regularly turn up to the MacArthur board game meets, and, because we all live in the local area, and, um, actually half a dozen of them said, yeah, or, well, five, four, there was five of us in total. That's a good Um, number. Yeah, which is pretty good. Yeah, 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 Um, yeah. So yeah, we all gathered at my place and we played some a couple of big ones and then we played the usual fillers like For Sale, Skull and yeah, had a great time. The first person rocked up at one and we finished Dune Imperium at the end at about 11.30. Wow, a good 10 hour, yeah. a good 10 hour session. That's great. I, I think those days are some of my favorites where you just go, oi, I'm playing games. Anyone want to rock up? People just like, yeah, all right, let's go. Why yeah. not? Let's yeah. It was great. So, so you said you played a couple of big ones. So let's talk about that. One of the big ones you wanted to talk about. Let's talk about Black Orchestra. Why don't you um, give us a heads up about what this game is? So Black Orchestra is a cooperative game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's played on a map. Uh, it's a World War One ish 
game. I'm not yeah. too good with my World War history or war theme games. Yep. Um, but the whole point of it is to kill Hitler. Oh, yeah. That's, World War Two then. That's <laughs> literally. Oh, sorry. World War Two. <laughs> World War Two then. Um. So yes, that that was literally the only reason why it grabbed my attention and why I wanted to play it okay. for ages. Um. It. Rob owns it from. Yeah. One of the joins us in yeah, the friend Rob, yep, board yep. gamers. Um, he's been put, every meet that we have, we have a, like a little tally or uh, what is it, a vote? Yeah, on, we have a little what, poll. What games a, a to poll, bring? Yeah, yeah. So someone might put ten games on there, but two of his games will get lots of votes, so they'll bring that. Um, Rob's been putting it up on the poll for six months, and it's only <laughs> getting one vote every yep. single yep. time, he's, and it's my vote. <laughs> he's brought it every single time. Yeah, yeah. It's in his bag. Just in case. Just in case. Time. So how long? How long do the play in? Like um, with the teach, two hours. Okay, that's not too yeah. bad. That's not too yeah. bad. It was, it was pretty good. So, what it is, it's a cooperative game. You're all working together to kill Hitler. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a map um, and there are there there's seven errors of decks of cards with events that happen. Yep. And on the map, there is a few areas that are open at the start. There's mm-hmm. like a Berlin section and they're all connected. Right. And then they branch out to different countries. And... Okay. Um, you aren't allowed in some of those countries until it happens in real time of the yep. so the errors go from one to seven. Yep. And say um a country all the way up here on the map won't open up until late in the game. So you can't actually go there oh, okay, gotcha. until yeah, those yeah. events start to yep. unfold. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um so you're working together to kill Hitler, but you have to have a plot to kill him. So there's a one central deck that everyone draws cards from, um, and you can get um, special powers like I know uh, teleport from here to there instead yeah. of having to travel. Yeah. Um, there's plots which there is not many of them. I think there's like eight in a whole deck of like a hundred, hundred about a hundred cards. Yeah, I'm just looking at an image here. One of them says like plot A is the lone re- revolver, right. which requires you know requires so, uh, conspirator. On, on the left of the on the left yeah. hand side of the plot card, it'll say you have to have a certain mandatory requir- requirements such to as, attempt oh, okay. to attempt the plot such as this a conspirator must be in the same space as hitler correct is the, is the gotcha. element okay. yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, and yeah. then on the right hand side there's optional ones can you read them out for yes, me yes so this one here for example says uh you need to have some weapons you need to have a uh, an, uh, an ss badge and you need to have the wehrmacht Right, so which is in red for some reason. Oh, that might be a player's certain character type. Right. Okay. So there's like civilian that whatever that was. Yeah, probably like a person who would be near. Yeah. Near. And there's two yeah. others. Yeah. Right. So, let's say you are that character. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll get to roll one extra dice to try and kill him. Right. So okay. on the left is mandatory, and that's your lowest one. Mm-hmm. Um, on the right is the optional extras you can pick up as well to roll extra dice to uh, fortify your chances of gotcha. killing okay. him. Right. That, that was going to be my next question. Is like, how does it all happen? Because with you sort of mentioning the the plot cards and things like that, it almost sounds a little bit pandemic-like um, in that you have different roles and you need to, and sometimes those roles have to work together. Um, but that, that was going to be my next question. So the actual act of defeating Hitler um, so you see, so saying it's a dice roll. Um, yeah. So you, there's four actions. Uh, you can take them. Um, you can draw cards from yep. the dossier deck. You can move one yep. one square. So that will be one, one. So you get 
three actions to do out mm-hmm. of a possible four. Gotcha. So you can move three times. That's it. You're done. Mm-hmm. You can draw three cards. That's it. You're done. You, uh, I can't remember what the term is, but you can roll... If you have three actions left, you can roll all three dice. And on the dice, there'll be a one, two, three, a two target hit point targets. Yep. And a an eagle. Eagles are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the hit points are what are used to kill Hitler or they can go up on this track on the left and once you hit three once you bank three tar- uh, target points up there as a group you can cash them in and you can r- raise one of your mot- motivational points mm-hmm. up yep. yep um or you can decrease Hitler's um suspicion suspicion level mm-hmm. so the higher his suspicion of you um the the higher it is yep um and your motivation has it has to be either extremely like all the way at the top or one below that otherwise you can't attempt any of the plots gotcha okay so there's a big balancing act here yep and they they the the event cards up the top can decrease those for you Gotcha. But so then, looking here, each player you can start off. It looks like you start off as timid. Is like you know, yep. you're timid on this, but then you can go from timid to skeptical to positive to committed to zealous. Yeah. You know, so like if you're zealous, that means you're, thing, you're full committed. You know, to doing it sort the, of thing. The thing that I the, the the thing that I'm finding funny so far is that is that you need a plot, a reason to get rid of Hitler because apparently <laughs> him being a genocidal maniac <laughs> is not a good enough well, reason to get rid of him. looking at the character cards that we have here, you know, we've got Carl, you know, Go, uh, Goa Delo, which is, yeah. he's a civilian, but then you also have someone who's in the SS who's probably, you know, realized he's probably on the bad side and then you've also got, you know, it looks like there's a whole bunch of different characters that are inside of it, but this looks, this looks like a lot of fun. This looks like a, the, the, the main board, it looks like it'd be a lot of fun to, you know, like shooting around the board, trying to get your plots, trying to get that. You know, how, did you play with all five, or did you? Play yeah, we four? played five. Right, max okay. players. Nice. It was great. Um, did you did did you in fact kill Hitler, or did you Rob, fail to stop World War Two? Rob was the only one who had an attempt on him. Okay, and we failed by one. Oh, no. one crosshair symbol. Jeez. Yeah. Um, other than that, we kept stumbling around, uh, getting arrested, uh, and they force you to discard cards, and some of them will be plots. So there was a period of time when none of us had plots, so we just had to farm the plot deck. So people were like, "We need to kill his farm the How? dossier deck." Know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, well, legitimate question on that though is that you you went to that that. The, sort of like the, the the situation where you were trying to basically farm the deck for the right card. Yep. Do you think that could be a problem with the game? Is that potentially you have to base, the potentially card you need is at the bottom of this deck and the only way you're going to get it is if you go through the whole deck or are there ways for you to be able to pull cards out of the deck? Um, There is a, in the dossier deck, there is a card, like a special power that says you can pull any card from this card. Gotcha. Nice. Yes. Okay, cool. And the last question I had is it is I it's it's truly co-op so everyone truly co-op yeah okay so is there any quarterbacking that can go on in this or um a little bit maybe if someone's more experienced like there was a lot of hey um like questioning like hey should I do this or should I mm. should I try and move over to here to pick up this item 
so we have better chance at the the plot yeah for okay. the optional extras yeah um but no one was quarterbacking in our group. Okay. Right? Nice. Yeah. That's good. yeah. Nice. That's, that's good to know. Yeah, look, that, that's that's obviously forever a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you enjoy yeah. your time with it again? Yeah, absolutely. I played again in a heartbeat. Fantastic. Especially with the group that we played with. It was really good. That's, that's, I, hate, I hate hearing things like that because once upon a time, so very, very early in lockdown, um, or sorry, very, very early after our first lockdown, I remember EB Games was selling Black Orchestra. For like twenty bucks, oh. and really, and they couldn't get rid of it. It just sat there, like copies just sat there. And I, I've lost count of many times. I'll go for my for twenty bucks, mate. master. I, I, I'm being honest, like twenty bucks, and it's like no, because it was co-op, and it right, was like okay. I'm in, I'm in isolation. Like my kids aren't going to play this. So I just put it back. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would ever get it to the table with one of my groups, personal groups, but for twenty bucks, I'd buy that easily. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like you had a good time um, and uh, the game day was a big success. So that's great to hear. So you, you also, uh, you got to play June Imperium for the first time. Yes. Talked about it a couple of times. What do you think of it? Your first um, impression? So when you guys were talking about it, I had no idea what was going on. Yep. Um, when it was laid out in front of me. Still had um, no idea what was going yeah, on. Yeah. It, <laughs> Still had no idea. For me, I'm not as big as what you guys are with uh, like your Euros and worker mm-hmm. placements yep. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. This was a bit big for me yep. right off the bat yep. and i kept uh, it was even three quarters into the game i'm like this icon can i do that now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but the only i even if i know it doesn't look like it's a game for me because it's still so highly rated as a great game mm-hmm. um i'm always down to try those games uh, yeah and, and uh, june imperium definitely was one of them and because i'm a deck building guy that was definitely See, another it's, reason. It's a little weird because I'm a I'm like you. I really like deck builders, but yeah. June Imperium is not super deck buildy. It's it uh, it's kind yeah. Of, it's, it's it kind of takes a backseat. It's almost yeah. like Res Arcana in the sense of that you have limited cards to do the actions. You need to get a limited deck and then try and use that to its most effective. Like if you go into it thinking of it like a Dominion or a Clank, for example, where it's like I can just you know make this yeah. thing like get cards and make it really cool it's like no it's like it actually focuses more on the worker placement more than it does the uh than it does the the deck building the deck building is there to help you know make it leaner and more more critical yeah and i find you have to lean into your faction ability mm. it's like if you're the i think it's the benedict that controls the money yeah I think oh, it is. The, like yeah something like that yeah, yeah. So, something like that um it's you have to you have to lean into that it's like like you just realize like i'm not going to get spiced by fighting for those positions because it's yeah. not likely i'm going to win that so i've got to get it through the, you know the card market or something yeah. like that um yeah that like i think june imperium is one of those games where like you i didn't the first time i played it i thought it was fine yeah i got it i thought it was fine second time i played it that was when i really liked it yeah because there were a lot of icons, there were a lot of symbols, and I didn't appreciate the value of certain spots until after I played it the first time, and then realized why I was getting screwed over by people getting to. Certain and I'm spots. like, you. It took me my third play to yeah. actually understand what it was I was doing there, because I was like, the first game, I'm like, I don't get the hype, and then I'm like, I'm, but I, I kind of like it, but I don't get what I'm missing here. Yeah. And then I tried it a second time, um, with another random group and i'm like i still don't i kind of like it and then one final person went okay 
And this was, and they were like maybe nine months in between each play. And then my third and final one was when I played on TTS with uh, uh, Imran, who's one of the MacArthur board gamer. He's in the group. And we played with the expansion and then it just clicked. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be focusing on this deck building part. I need to actually be focusing on the board. Yeah. The, yeah. the deck yeah. is like, and be, but because they give you coins and they give you like this market of cards you can buy, you immediately draft your <laughs> eyes to there and you like, you focus on there for nearly the whole game. Yeah. And then once you, it's not until you realize, oh, I need to actually focus on the board instead. Then it, it, it feels like it started to click for me about three quarters of the way through. Yeah, yeah. When, when I was a couple points behind, I'm like, well, I need victory points. So where, how can I get them the quickest and the easiest? I need, to go to this spot, but I need lots of spice for that. I don't have spice. All right, now I need to go to there. Rob goes. He takes the same spot that I just yeah. needed. I'm just yeah. like, oh, Jesus Christ. And then you start to understand the worker placement thing of like first player is so important. Yeah, because there are, there are there are spots where it's like, okay. And this is what I, you know, this we played um, Kanban EV last night, which is a very big worker placement game or action. It's an action selection game, yeah. as Damien would say. But, that's the big point of it which is that there are limited spaces on the board you need to either get there first or have a backup you, there's none of yeah. this like and it is very important to go first so doesn't yeah. it, and it really doesn't help when you have two people at the table who, who know are just, who are just trying to stab each other for <laughs> no reason and then it results in us losing turns in the game yeah yeah that's pretty good <laughs> anyway all right, we'll we'll talk about that one more uh, in a later podcast, I think, because I think we need to actually get Ralph's copy and actually have a proper in-person game again. Yeah. All right, um, I'd like to uh, move us on, though, to another game uh, that has recently come out. It's now hitting the retail shelves. Um, I would like to talk about the Star Wars, the deck, oh, sorry, Star Wars, the deck building game. Um, I, this is a, a new release um, on the board gaming scene. We actually have a Let's Play of it um, from Tabletop Simulator on our YouTube channel. So you can go to uh, www.youtube.com, obviously. Um, and then you can uh, type in at BG Gateway into the search bar. You'll find our channel there and you will actually find our, um, our deck building game Let's Play. Would you stop rolling those things? <laughs> I'm not rolling dice. You're, I am you're, mate, dice. You're, oh, sorry, you're clanking those dice and people are going to be wondering why I'm going to get annoyed at you. I said I was playing. I said I had dice. Yeah, and like, I said I said I lied. That I wouldn't, yeah. so I wouldn't play These aren't dice. so loud. Stack the little <laughs> Stack the, yeah, stack little the wooden chips. <laughs> anyway, if you want to see what we're talking, if you want to see why oh, I get a little bit annoyed sometimes, you can see the shenanigans on that YouTube channel going out looking for the live stream. Anyway, Star Wars the deck building game. Let me have a chat about this so um it was released this year to retail and it is a two-player deck building game um and the deck building experience is the same as you would expect which is that we both start with two um identical uh decks of cards with money um and the objective of the game is one player will be taking the uh side of the jedi or sorry the rebellion and one side will be taking uh the empire uh, we all know which is the coolest uh, faction to go with. We'll say it on three. One, two, three. Empire. 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 Yeah, absolutely it is. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I love the Rebellion, but they're not as cool as the Empire, let's no. be honest. No. Anyway. Un until they bring out the Jar Jar Binks expansion. No, oh, we'll, we'll see. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Dark Lord Jar Jar, Jar, Jar Binks. No, no. Until, until they bring out the expansion with the Eagles from Lord of the Rings comes into it as oh, well. Because, yeah. you know, why not? Yeah, why then, not? Then, hey. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, so, so, the way, win. so the way that this game works is that so we each had, the winner of the game is the first person to destroy three bases of the opponent. 
um you get to choose a, you can you start with a, the same starting base i like to play the variant of you just get to pick whatever base you want yeah that's way with. better yeah it's a lot better and then throughout the game uh you can do one of there are three different currencies there is your normal uh, currency to buy people from the central deck uh this what's called the deck uh, the de- galaxy row i should say um, that's six cards in between, sitting in between the two players, and you can go and buy characters from there. There are the guns that you can shoot people with, uh, specifically the bases, and then there is the force points. So the rebellion always starts with the force, um, and there are ways of being able to manipulate this force track um, to be able to get special abilities. So if there may be some cards that say, hey, if the force is with you, get some bonus attack and stuff. What makes this game really cool, though, is the central galaxy deck, in my opinion, which is there are three sorts of cards that you can find and buy. The first is you can buy your own, uh, you know, own factions, uh, cards and unique characters. They're heroes like Darth Vader, for, for example, or um, Han Solo for the Rebellion. But if I'm the Empire, I can't buy those cards. I can't buy Han Solo because he belongs to the Rebellion. But I can kill them. I can shoot them and go, I can go bounty, what's called bounty hunting, and essentially like go, all right, you didn't buy him fast enough. Beep, 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 beep. I just shot him and now Han Solo is no longer available to you. And I think that's one of the coolest things. So Han didn't shoot first. Uh, not in my game. No, okay, I, I shot okay. him dead. Okay. Okay. And so that's the first. You can go bounty hunting. Um, there are capital ships. These are the ships that you can buy. They act as defense for your base. Um, they also give you little things that you can buy them and bring them in. And then you've got the actual, the neutral characters, which tend to be like the scoundrels and the bounty hunters of... And Jabba. Of, yeah, and Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, yeah, the bounty hunters, the crime syndicate, all that kind of stuff. And they can be bought um, and you can add them in and then through standard um you know deck building mechanics you draw five you play all five some cards allow you to draw more cards some allow you to do extra damage some allow you to manipulate the force and then you you play all of the cards then you do everything you can on your turn you do as much as you can and then you pass it to the opponent for their turn and away you go back and forth until someone kills three bases um and then the winner Reese, you and I have played this game. Damien hasn't. Yep. What do you think about this game? Um, for a deck building game, as much as theme doesn't really shine through for cards, just playing out of, in and out of your hand, it works really well based on the factions, and you can shoot the opponents, uh, the opponents' factions down. Yep. The the characters that they can recruit um bounty hunting yep uh and putting ships out in front of your world uh is really good i have to i have to say i think this may be my no so i am one of i am also a resident star wars nerd um you know it's you know there's a star wars right behind me on the video you can see there i've got this stuff up there um i think this may be my almost my this would be my second game that i would uh introduce someone to deck building for that's how good i think it's that good i really really like it i understand what you're talking about the theme like hey if i've got darth vader it may not necessarily feel like i'm playing darth vader Mm. but there are some really cool abilities out there um like darth vader for example he's like oh you know i get two force points and 
and four four attack, which is really good. But if the force is with me, hey, I get an extra four attack. So he's really yeah. scary sort of yeah. thing. But there was a game that I played with Ralph where he just had two B-wings, which are pretty cool, you know, ship. And the, I just couldn't stop him. I'm just like, I just could not stop this thing. And I was like, this game was over in like 20 minutes. And that's the question that, that, that's, that, that kind of really leads into the question that I have. So basically the game that you explained Sounds a lot like Star Realms to me. It it feels Look, okay. a lot. It feels a lot like Star Realms. If you have a lot of deck builders, yeah, it yeah, it doesn't change the game. It doesn't change. Like so, it's not something you need to go out and buy. Yeah. yeah, I would only say go out and buy it if you have a lot of deck builders and you're a Star Wars. Yeah, big Star Cause, Wars cause fan. It, yes, because the thing about so for listeners for, the, for those who haven't played it, so Star Realms is much in the same light, the same thing. It's a deck builder where you take a faction, your opponent takes a faction. By now, there are I'm sure there are dozens of different There's a factions. lot of different yeah. versions. There's so, so many expansions that you can buy. And it's 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 very much that that same thing where you are upgrading your deck, you are trying to... Imp- and you're, you're spending the entire time either trying to shoot your opponent's ships and ultimately you're trying to um, take destroy their, their space station or yeah. their three. Was it three space stations? One. Was one it one? It's, it's one at 40 um, hit points, I believe. That's right, yes. Um, or, or you're trying to defend your own. And the as much as I had fun with that game very, very like years ago, it's been quite a while since I played. I'm pretty sure, but, but I'm still pretty sure my set is just all tattered and such. The biggest issue that I had with it is that the game can be over very, very quickly. Or you could just have an unstoppable turn, not because you built your deck intelligently, but because you just had the two cards that you needed to come out at that particular time in a deck of 30 cards, whatever whatever it is. I can't, I can't exactly remember how many cards. Um, and that was always the issue that I had with the game. It As, as, as much as the factions seemed balanced, I always felt like that it was just too swingy compared to some deck builders and i know i mean i know we are sort of i know i am splitting hairs here and i'm comparing sort of apples and oranges to some degree that's fine but that's, why, but that's this, literally but, why we're here but, but this is this is this is something this is why i i find in games like clank and i know i know reese you love clank like yeah we've played it a bunch together yeah of course and um the thing the thing about clank is that that wobbliness that you get in deck builds doesn't matter because you're trying to get around a map. Who cares? You know, you, there's always something for you to do. Whereas in a game like Star Realms or it sounds like in Star Wars, um, there is the, the the only thing you're trying to do is shoot your opponent's ships faster than what they can shoot you. So the concern I have is that um, with Star Wars, what makes Star Wars different? To Star Realms. In in Star Realms, can you shoot in the market no. of your opponent? That's no. that's the big thing here, and that's what I really like about this game. Which is, I will admit, it does have a problem in the sense of that if the Galaxy Road comes out and it is all pointing to your opponent's faction, you yeah. can feel like I cannot buy anything, I cannot upgrade myself. It sucks. There is a variant that does allow you to do things like. With all, for example, some of the bounty hunters, if you don't have enough money, you can actually just pay the bounty hunter a, a value to uh, to get them away so that you can draw some more stuff. Um, but however, the fact that you can go bounty hunting and go, all right, I'm going to lay damage onto that guy and get the reward, whether or not that be some extra gold, that be some uh, force points, maybe an extra draw. Um, is really cool and that's the mechanic that really made me go, okay, I get it. Now yeah. in saying that, 
Reese, I don't know if you felt this, but when you are playing it, you can feel like it, it does it does suffer from that if someone does get those cards before you have a chance to bounty hunt them, then you can just go, oh, like I can't stop. Like that game that I played with, the first game that I played with Ralph, he got the B-Wings, the game was over in 20 minutes because yeah. I just couldn't yeah. stop them. I had no way of defending. There were no capital ships. However, the next game that we played, game two, I ended up winning because I got all the capital ships and he couldn't bust through my defense. Yeah. And then I was able to take the game um, by stalling it for long enough to get myself to a point where I'm like, okay, I can do stuff. Um, the third game was a lot closer. Um, and it does feel like the more that you play it, you start to understand what cards are really important for your um, opponent, no matter under what circumstance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that is something there, but uh, yeah, Reese, I don't know if you if you found that as well, but that seems to be the the, the main difference between that and Star Realms. Yes, uh, I yeah, I've played three games of it, and at least twice there was a big big swing of yeah, I I got no guys here. What's going on? Who shuffled this? Yeah, 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 and I, I'm I'm hoping that um, and look, I, I I'm not trying to sound negative on the game. I haven't played it, uh, so you know, who am I? Um, to to comment on this, um, but it sounds like it 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 sounds like it's it's like it's actually primed for expansions as well. Oh, uh, because and, of that though, I am I am trying to figure out what expansions they will bring out, right? Because they, they could do they could do all nine movies. There's nine expansions done. Well, the, the, <laughs> the, well, the problem is is that I hey, go, then there's Rogue One, then there's Solo. No, they can't do Rogue One. No, but the, Rogue the, One's already. But done the problem is is that because the the two factions here are the Empire and the Rebellion, right? And but in the Empire is Darth Vader, so they can't do the Sith faction and they can't do the jedi faction because luke is in there as either but maybe they can do something like the mandalorian faction is one that they could do they could actually have a more uh diplomatic one which is maybe they could have like i don't don't know you'd probably have to pick all the different races from the different star wars movies but then again like i mean this this is a fantasy flight product fantasy flight are famous for releasing expansions Mm. where they actually say get rid of these cards put these ones in instead Maybe they do something like that. Yeah. Um, look, I, I definitely don't want to take away from the gloss because you two clearly do really enjoy the game. So they so they absolutely. I definitely want to give it give it a go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I, th- I think it I, I think it's definitely one of those games as well that I'll be keeping an eye on because I'm curious to see where they take it because it's Star Wars franchise. It's a deck builder akin to Star Realms, and yeah. Star Realms has big box editions, and then they still had more stuff added to it. Um, I would be very surprised if there weren't like already expansions. So like, as soon well, as I, I finished my first game of playing it, I took a closer look at the components, and the first place I looked was down in the bottom corner of the card, and there was a little set symbol there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that so, does not surprise me that they're going to bring out more stuff. Immediately, it was like, yeah. okay, cool, expansions. When like, I, I got my copy for 40 bucks, right? And yeah. for 40 bucks, I go, absolutely worth it. When it first came out, I was like, 55 bucks, whatever. You know, I got it at 40. I'm like, this is good. But like, this is this is a really good product for, for people who are either A, really into Star Wars. I think the theme fits it really well. Um, or I, it's for people who maybe want to try a have like a one versus one game with their friend yep. or you want to try the deck deck building i still think dominion even though it's the most common answer is the best deck builder on the, on sorry is the best intro deck builder because they properly get that but this with the theme makes it easy enough for someone to jump into and the games are actually relatively quick i mean yes they're swingy but the swinging games are over in like 20 minutes 
And when that happens, you're like, that's cool. All right, let's shuffle and go again. Like, yep. it's not as if I'm playing for an hour and then go, I was locked out of yeah. something for an hour. So, anyway, yeah. I really like that. I do want to give a big shout out to the designer, Caleb Grace. It is really, really good. Fantasy Fly is obviously publishing it. So, um, there's probably I look forward to talking more about content when it gets released. I think yeah. it's really good. Um, but uh, we are going to talk about one more game. Now, we're going to move on from uh, The Force uh to uh we're going to move on to something now that damien you want to have a chat about our final game before we get into our gateway game of the week um but before we get there we're going to talk about potion explosion we uh you posted about this on the facebook page the other day did. um so a couple days ago at the time of recording um i did i posted a photo where i was playing potion explosion with my seven-year-old son um my youngest son he is He's always been interested in board games, but it's mostly spotted. And this was the first time. And, and with all of my kids, when they say we want to play a game, I will say, look, just go to the shelf, pick a game. We're going to play it. Um, and then I hope they pick a game that I remember how to play. <laughs> um, thankfully, he picked Potion Explosion. Did I remember how to play it? Kind no. of. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Um, so Potion Explosion, what it, what it actually is, it's a uh, recipe fulfillment game. So what that is, is your goal is to get stuff, resources, colors, in this case, marbles. Um, and you are trying to use different colored marbles to complete different potions that are in front of you. Like recipes. Recipes, yeah. <clears throat> um, what the, the interesting um, sort of hook in this game is, is, is how you're actually claiming these resources or these marbles. Is you have a you have a board you have a um, there is a proper name for it and I can't remember what it is but essentially it's a it's a track or it's, a, it's actually six tracks five tracks five tracks five tracks five tracks of marbles. I'm looking at a photo right now it's five tracks. I will not doubt you okay <laughs> five tracks of marbles in front of you um, and due to gravity the marbles will roll down out to a baseboard and the cool thing is is that when you take a marble. So on your turn, you can take any marble you like as long as it's in a visible section of the track. So you mm-hmm. can't stick your finger underneath the hidden section. Um, and you get to keep that marble. Great. Is your turn over? No. Hopefully not. Oh, God. Because the reason, the, the reason why you're taking this particular marble is that the other marbles above it will roll down. Mm-hmm. And your goal is to get marbles that are rolling down that are then going to touch marbles of the same color. Uh, so hypothetically, okay. let's say you have let's say you have a set of three marbles. You have a red, a blue, and then a red above that blue one. So, and you want to get all three of those marbles. Instead of doing it over three turns, what you do, you take the blue, then the then the red that was above the blue will roll down and touch the red that was below the blue. Yep. You've caused an explosion. Love it. Which means you get to take those two marbles as Love well. It. However, this then causes a chain reaction. There's more? You just, can keep it just going. Keeps oh, cascading. Just keep cascading. So, a la Candy Crush and a la the yes. Connect Four style games. <laughs> that oh, stuff. God, this sounds exciting. Oh, so, my God, I'm in. And so, what you then can do is you take all the marbles in your hand. Whether you can hold them all or not doesn't matter. In the case of my son with his little hands, it's like <laughs> marbles are going everywhere, but that's fine. Um you then basically put these marbles on the potions where you match colors. So potions will have uh, two or three rows of mm-hmm. colors and slots. Um, some potions that are worth more points will have more slots, therefore requiring more marbles. 
if you can it if, looks eh, if, if 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 you can and, and depending on how many marbles you take on your turn you may be able to finish these in one go um do the potions have like special powers or something they do so once you complete the potion you get the you get the special power associated with that potion right cool. so one of the powers could be you can use one of the marbles in your supply um and just say any colored marble you can treat it as a wild color um one potion could be you can take one of your opponent's marbles um or another power on a different potion is you get to take all the unique colors from the bottom row um it is a properly fun game um my seven-year-old had had not had never played this game unaided before um i just reminded him of what the rules were and away we went so it is absolutely family friendly um, so and it makes me excited because Evie is now six, and I'm like, she. This just sounds like a game that I'd be like, she'd be right. This sounds she, she rolling marbles and hundred percent love it. Yeah, okay, okay. And then, then my son's favorite thing is that after you've completed all these potions, you get to throw all the marbles back into the tray. Oh, uh, that's to watch them all roll down. So you don't actually choose which one they go into; they just <laughs> no, randomly no, fall you just into throw it into the into the top tray. And the only rule is, is that they have to cleanly roll onto one of the tracks. So if you get so if ones get stuck, you just take them off and roll it back ro- in. Roll it back in. Um, that sounds good. Cool. And basically, and you you keep doing this, and you keep filling potions, taking new ones off the stack, and filling those until um, until the uh, bonus tokens are all collected at the end of the game. So once all the bonus tokens and the number of bonus tokens dependent on the number of players, once they've all been collected, that's it. End the game, move on, tally up your points, happy days. Um, Thank you for adding another game to our gateway game of the yeah, week that we that need to like, like a clear yeah, at some point. Game. This we literally will, sounds so simple. We will absolutely play this. Uh, one thing I will say to our listeners is if you're on the hunt for this game, it is absolutely available. Um, I know there is an expansion for it. What I would say, though, is it's in and out of print. Um, mm. it's, it can be a tricky one to get. It does appear on the seconds market regularly ish yep however if you are picking it up make sure you pick up the second edition not the first edition i have the first edition the biggest problem with it is that track the track is made of cardboard right and our track has warped and it's just getting old right whereas the second edition the track is made out of plastic okay it just holds up a little bit better. well the game is now eight years old it was released in 2015 so yes. it's been around for a while and the it sounds great but the re um the reaction we got from the Facebook page was people love like were like yeah. oh my god I love this game and yeah. like to give you an idea like this game is currently ranked on Board Game Geek 499th right like there is like that's really freaking high like yeah. people will say that and go well it's not top 100 it's like man that doesn't matter it's 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 got a good rating it's like people love this game and the fact that the um that it does it has an expansion means that it's sold well enough that the publisher was like justified make giving it an expansion yeah absolutely look I. I haven't played with the expansion. I know it adds an additional player, um, and that's fine. I have, I've never delved into it because I have no need for it. So mm-hmm. I play it with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, look, I, it's it's a strong recommendation from me. I bought it. Uh, I, I literally bought it secondhand from someone on the market. It's years ago now, and it was just one of those. Oh, I'm selling this game, and then I saw I saw Potion Explosion in the photo, and I said, "Are you also selling that?" And he went, "Oh, yeah, right." And I made him an offer, and that was it. I ended up with two games. I don't regret it. In fact, I've moved. I've I've moved the other game that I actually bought from. <laughs> what was it? On. Do you remember? 
I do have a question about the game. I can't well. remember to be honest with you, but <laughs> I, I don't have. Do any you more. find that is there any like does the luck of like the balls coming out really matter at all? Like, do you feel like no, not I, really? I, I don't think so. Is it light enough that you can just let it kind of go? Yeah, it is absolutely light enough. Like, and you can you can spend time min maxing. So, like when I play this with my eldest son, he will do that. He will min max the hell out of every single track. And right. so on his one turn, he will do everything he can to get as many marbles as possible. Um, but it's still easy enough to do that. So okay. it's still quite light. Um, I know there are some people out there as well. So when you get the game, you will get a number of extra marbles as well. Um, there is an even distribution of the colors. Mm-hmm. I know some people will sit there and count all the marbles and make sure that I... We, we don't do that at home. We okay. just, what, whatever marbles go in, whatever don't fit, if it turns out that all the yellows are left over, then it just means we're playing with fewer, fewer, fewer yellows. This kid, this, this this game, kids. That's it. Be aware of it. Go other things. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So look, great game. It is absolutely family friendly. It is a ton of fun. The tactility of the marbles is brilliant. Um, I suppose they'd also make noises. They clank down as you roll yes, them and stuff, which would be abs- fun. Absolutely. So that is potion explosion. Fantastic. All right, so we're going to go from uh, the marbles and the circle world to the world of dice and cuboids. We're going to add in, and there they are, shaking away in the midnight oil. We're going to be talking about a game called Cubitos as our gateway game of the week. Uh, Reese, you brought this one to us because you have been asking us to play it with you for a while. Yeah, and a little we bit. Thought this is a great, <coughs> it's a great game. We know a little bit about it. Um, but haven't actually had a chance to get it to the table yet. So um, let's have a chat about Cubitos. We've got it in front of us, as you can see here. So tell everyone what Cubitos is and uh, why they may like it, and then we'll have a chat about our um, our pre-podcast gaming experience. Uh, Cubitos is a two-to-four-player wacky racing game with elements of dice building, which is essentially deck building, I love how you say wacky racing. I was like, yep. Yes, because there's a lot of wacky characters up here, like Smelly Cat, Rich Dog, Soldier. These fighting sticks. Rollosaurus. (laughs) A beaver over there. Mr. Dugout. And the dinosaur. Yeah, the dinosaur, the big stomper. Rollosaurus. I love him. Um, Yeah, yeah, and it's also a push-your-luck game, meaning you can start rolling your dice, and once you get to a certain point, you can keep going Mm -hmm. and risk busting and losing everything Mm -hmm. or you can settle uh, be happy and move a little bit and maybe buy a little bit i I like how you say risky it's never (laughs) just keep going (laughs) you just keep rolling yeah so on your turn you will roll up to well you start with you start off with um nine dice seven light gray two dark gray the light gray one one face out of six has one coin and the dark gray one has one coin and one foot, which is for movement. And this they, is ultimately a racing game. They yes, get to racing first. around the little squares from yep. start to finish. Yep. Um, and the coins, you, uh, I said it's a dice builder, aka a deck builder, which is buying more dice to improve your chances upon moving around the board quicker and buying more. Get Get money, get more dice, roll said dice, Get more money, improve your movement, rinse and repeat, keep going. Get get foot. Get foot. Get foot. <laughs> step one, get coin. Step two, buy foot. Step three, three. win race. That's, yeah. that, that's no, exactly that. Step, step three is fighty sticks. Sorry, step three, fighty sticks. <laughs> and we'll then step four, win yeah. race. Yeah. Um, so with the game, uh, it's, I said it's two to four players. Uh, 
and there is eight different colored dice um, which have different faces and combinations on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also come with a card for each color. Uh, not just one, but I think there's about six for each color. And each of them have different right, powers so and stuff. Right, yeah. so y- yes, yeah. they do. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, we played the basic game on the easy map, um, which basically gives you a feel for how the game works. And then um, there's a bunch of cards you can swap out uh, to really ramp up the um, the experience and the difficulty and to test yourself better. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the starting recommendation map and cards is pretty basic. And then they can really ramp it up. Um, with the ramp up cards, we didn't get to play any of these ones. But this Captain Bark here, it says, when you roll its face of the dog, which is a one out of six chance, mm-hmm. its ability is, if you also have an active white and an active red, you gain one fan. Right, okay. So, that's where the... Uh, you, the combos of like combos. Yeah, that's where the combos really start happening. So to give you an idea, rich dog, who's the basic brown dog, who's yeah, but his idea is, hey, if you roll the dog face, you just get three coins, and then you have to put the dog back over there. So not as wacky as the counterparts. Um, you did know you did mention that it is push your luck, and that is the the best part, one of the the one of the funny parts of the game, because you start with nine dice. And as soon as you have three dice that become active, so like you've rolled their faces and, um, you know, you want to use them from that point onwards. If you roll nothing and everything comes up blank, you've busted and anything that you have uh, get everything gets discarded for the rest of the turn. However, there is this, uh, but well, I don't know, the bus track. It's a fan track. The fan track, which you can then move up. Yeah, so once you bust, you move your, your other, you have to... Um, uh, identical characters, one for moving around the board and one for this fan track here. Um, once you bust, uh, there is a slight positive. You move up on the fan track and as you go along, you'll build up more fans which add to your starting amount of dice to roll for your turn mm-hmm. and it gives you credits which you can bank to save and buy more dice later on. Yeah, so the, the biggest advantage there you said is that it gives you a, a base of, hey, you're, you've busted a lot, we're going to give you some extra dice. Yeah. Yep. Um, which is pretty cool. And there is also one other catch-up mechanic on the main race board, which is the red ribbons, which um, which I guess split the game into different sectors as well. Yeah, um, kind of like checkpoints. Yeah. So, like, you know, if Damo's in the front checkpoint... So Damo's really killing it. Yep, yeah, and um, we're, we're one behind him. You need to slow down there, buddy. We get an extra dice. Mate, Thank you very much. Mate, look, hey, getting old. <laughs> I'll take any advantage I can get. All right, I aim for the knees and I hit. So what I, I ran away. What I thought was interesting in our playthrough, in our pre-podcast playthrough, was that we actually all kind of took different strategies in, yeah. in the eight dice, which was really cool. Um, I took the the blue dice, which allowed me to like get the 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 bonus squares without really being near them. Yeah. So along the board and the track, there are certain spaces which have uh, abilities. Uh, you can uh, like uh, trash dice which is a common uh, mechanic in deck building. Yep. Um, so you can get rid of your weaker ones to only bring out your best ones mm-hmm. in the future. There is uh, credits. You can land on for extra credits. There is um, in the bigger boards, the more advanced tracks, there are like teleportation squares, uh, whiz you around the map a bit quicker. There's our uh, fans, so you can land on the flag and just go up the fan track for free. Um, there's gain dice, so you can gain any dice for free. 
that you want. I used that to my advantage to get the roll of swords. Yeah, you got the game. big stomper. And they came out. Yeah. yeah, they worked for me too. It does work. They do work. They do work. They're only one in six, and I hit yeah. two of them to push me into second. Well, I came second by literally half a space. Bloody Damo got there in front. Yep. But that was. But I really like because my strategy was take a bit of movement but also get as many bonuses on the way through and just slowly build myself yeah. up. Whereas Damo went really hard on the Mr. Soldiers or the Fighty Sticks, Fighty sticks. which were the red dice. And yeah, he won that quite a few times. Um, and really I had went- a really bad starting tactic because I started here to try and lose a dice real early, mm. but just wasn't getting the feet. And you guys are already whizzing around the inside of the track. So I, I, I was a few ribbons behind and was getting lots of dice to roll, but getting no movement. Landed in front of the lose the dice. <laughs> and then my next roll moved straight past it. I got two feet. So, <laughs> Yeah, this is why I kind of went with the blue dice. Because I'm like, I don't want to miss out on anything. I think I'm just going to risk it. And, and thankfully, I didn't have to get rid of stuff. But uh, I'm going to ask, uh, it's your game. So we obviously know you really like it. I mean, we have these uh, awesome little uh, colored boxes that you bought off Etsy. Yes. So they, <laughs> yeah, um, the boxes that come with it are terrible trash very <laughs> bad uh cardboard which you have to fold up uh eight nine ten different folds yeah until you finally get it put in place and um it's a lid it's a like a stand-up box with a sunken lid so all the cards can go all the, all the dice can go in the top and then the lid can like fully wrap around and then seal as a box so you can put the dice in the box at the end yeah okay. but um when you put the tabs in to the sides, they rip really easy. Right. Okay, um, yeah. And I saw this on Etsy. I don't know. I think Zuckerberg was listening in on my As they voice, um, hearing me talk about Kubidos, and it recommended me. Uh, hey, check this Etsy listing out. Um, <laughs> and 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 it worked. And look, they're great. It's great. Yeah, they're they're really good. They're really um, cool. With the game though, like, and I, I know I said this while we were playing, like the immediate feel that I got was it felt a lot like Quacks of Quedlinburg. Um, so Quacks of Quedlinburg does, doesn't use dice, it uses bags and chips inside a bag, but it's a similar premise where uh, what you're trying to do is you are trying to uh, create a potion without exploding, without putting cherry bombs mm-hmm. in, in the potion, or, or, at least got, or at least building out as much of the potion as possible with as few cherry bombs. Um, it has similar mechanics where... The push your luck, um, except again, instead of rolling dice, you basically just start pulling stuff out of your bag. Um, the, the catch up mechanism, so instead of red ribbons, it has um, rat's tails, and the rat's tails allow you to alter your starting position for the next round. Yeah. Um, and and again, even, even with the variable um, uh, powers of the various dice here, you have variable powers of the chits. In fact, um, the strategy I took with this game, running the soldier, it was very much the, it was very much a similar strategy to you to getting the black um, yeah. chits in quacks. And yeah. That is where where the person who has the most black on their board on on a, on, on the round gets the bonus, whether it be uh, rubies or they get whatever their, yeah. their water, extra their, money their droplet or, or something like that. Yeah. So the question I have to you, Reeves. Have you played Quacks? I have. You showed it to me That's at an right. early MacArthur ball game. That's right. <laughs> what makes? Why does this game appeal to you over a game like Quacks? Um, what is it about it? For me, when I buy my ball games, I tend to think in the future a lot about playing with my son. Yep. And 
if that I don't know that's not the case for everyone it's probably a really small minority no, of people 100% but like, that's my yeah, thing well, um, yeah if you were to place this in front of a child instead of quacks this would be a lot easier yeah. to get yeah. it to get it through. definitely a lot more vibrant Ooh, teacher can i can i answer this question as well i'd like to answer as well i think i've got an answer because i when you started making this um when you started making this uh equivalency or this you know the comparison. comparison that's what i'm trying to that's the word i'm looking for me speak good um i also said i think i may prefer this over quacks even though quacks is literally sitting right there on my shelf and I think the reason for me is twofold. I think one, the interactivity, which is that at three or four, like in this game, the movement was actually very important because, and the order of the movement was important because me and you were very close at the end and you yeah. blocked me two or three times. So I actually was caring about what you were doing because, uh, granted, Reese, I didn't really pay attention to you because I was behind. Yeah, you, I was you way were behind. behind us, but I was actually really worrying about what Demo was doing. And whereas in Quacks, I don't ever really care what people are doing. Maybe to go, oh, if I'm going black and maybe I've seen people pick up black, maybe I'll pick up another one. Yeah. But I did actually care about, I was like, you know, there's one moment where we bought all the white dice because we were both big on movement. So I'm sitting there going, I actually really care about what you're doing. And then the other bit of it is the fact that there is no hidden information just kind of makes it to me a little bit more visually, like you said, uh, yeah. Reese, a bit more visually appealing or at all times. The fact that I can just look over and just see a cacophony of different colors, <laughs> you know, a, a calaclave, if you will, of just reds and blues and whites and just sitting there. It's just, it looks really cool. Like they're all bright, really nice colors. The brown even for the rich dog is not like, is a really nice brown. It's a really yeah. light yeah. sort of um, tone of it. And so for me, Everything about the game, I will say it it has, I think, the same rules upstart as Quacks. I wouldn't say it's any more difficult, although I would say that some people may not understand the idea of probability of rolling the dice, whereas with Quacks, it's like, okay, I have 11 chits in there and I'm just pulling one out now yeah, and looking but for that one. That, but that always goes out the window when you're playing games like Quacks. Like, oh, absolutely. I, I've, I've lost count how many times where I'll go, I've got 12 chits in this bag. I've still got my number three cherry bomb. I've got a one in 12 in drawing it. And you still draw it. There's no chance I'm going to draw it. And it's the very first. It's the very next thing I draw. I do love these push a lot games. Right oh, yeah, yeah. So, go yeah. on. You won't do it. Do it. Do it. And you did it. And, I, you bust. and, I and the thing it. is, the thing is, I bring it up purely for conversation. Not not because I'm suggesting that one is better than the other or anything like that. No, like, no, this, no. This is purely for conversation. Um, I, I, I definitely want to play Cubitos more um, because it's, it's, for me, anyway, it's an unfair comparison because Quacks is one of the most played games I have in my collection, especially early on, especially during lockdown. We played that game a ton, so much so that I had to get coin capsules for all the tokens because they started to fade away because they'd been handled so many times. Mm. Um, so it's so basically a game, a game that is Quacks adjacent, at, at least in my eyes is always going to have an uphill battle just because I have so much history. So I have so many good memories with that game. Um, but I will say, but I do absolutely agree. Cubitos definitely stands out a lot more. It's super vibrant. Um, the one thing that I will say that I like, I definitely do like in Quacks more, and it's purely because mechanically, I like the idea of the push your luck by putting pulling one thing out of a bag one at a time as opposed to rolling all your dice. To me, that feels more. Yeah, push your I, luck. I, I get that. Yeah, um, but I bet again, I'm certainly not taking anything away from this game. It was a bunch of fun, um, and I definitely 
definitely would love to play again, especially on the advanced side because I flipped this board over just after we finished playing. And then when you said the teleporters, I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) There's teleporters and and they're they're super expensive. I also noticed that there's a lot like more choke points so you can properly choke people and like stop them from moving if you're you're super tactical about it. So there's some fun stuff there to be had. And so so because there is that race element, there's definitely a lot more interaction because you have to care where where people are going. Um, whereas you are right, Nate. In Quacks, I like I'm racking my brain to think of a think of a situation where I really care what other people are doing. And the only times I can think of is if someone else at the table is competing for the black chits, mm. or in the final rounds where you're trying to work out whether someone else is going to take like the last token in, in, in supply before you, you do. And it, that's really it with, with quacks. I always play it that, you know, the rule is in the last round of the game. That's the only time you're supposed to draw out and yeah. show each other the chits. I'm like, that makes the game for me. Like I say that should, like, I don't know why they did like probably cause it slows it down a bit, but I'm like, that should be from round one. Because the moment that you start pulling chits from your bag and I can't watch you, it's like, and then you bust, I just hear, oh, I busted. And I'm like, oh, but it's a lot funnier when we all go, and we all know Damo doesn't want that white chit. And we all go three, two, one, and he reveals, and we all get to go, ah, you you, you idiot, right? Even though you and that one in 12, it's never going to happen. Ah. Yeah, like uh, that that i believe like but that's a house rule that i have to add in to make sure that we get that moment whereas i felt with cubitos yes i wasn't really cared about who busted a lot of the time but a lot of the time you could sit there and see people going do i want to push do i want to push and you can sit there going go on do it you've got three dice (laughs) you're fine everyone else always encourages you to push oh yeah yeah yeah. absolutely yeah it's it's the right thing to do i will say i think there was a total of maybe five busts yeah, in our game, it wasn't a lot. I've played games where people are like up to here, level eleven and twelve. That's just one person. Yeah, yeah. we. I think we all we were all pretty lucky, but I also think we're all being a bit conservative. Yeah, I like th- I know. I, I had was. three dice remaining, and I'm yeah. like, nah, man, I'm gonna <laughs> bank this and just keep because I was yeah. like, I'm gonna bank and do it. Yeah, because it because it, the, I know for me when when I play these games, and and this is for most games, I I won't. I, I typically don't stretch too far into the game. I'll pick one or two things, and I say. That's what I'm going to do. So, like I said, I banked on fighty sticks and smelly cats just for movement. That that was literally it. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran most of the game not making much money, but I kept rolling movement. So I said, we're going to do it. All right. And that that was it. Whereas um, I know, I know Reese, there was one time I looked over, you had like, like <laughs> nine, yeah. like nine or 10 coins or something. I'm going, I think I've had nine or ten coins this whole game. I got a Rollosaurus, which is twelve coins, and a Mrs. Soldier. Yeah, so it's it one turn. It was, yeah, one turn. It was just obscene. <laughs> yeah, but but again, it's just it is great that that you can have such a simple game because mechanically it is simple. the The difficulty is knowing, like, if if you really want to sort of min max and grok everything, is knowing what the ver- what the the actual but, dice powers yeah. are for that particular round. But in the end, it's it's a game where you pick up dice and you roll them. Have yep. fun with it. Yeah. Go silly. And it was a lot of fun. I yes. really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. It was uh, two to four players. Plays pretty quick, even with a teach. Yeah. Um, replayability, very high. A lot of variability there's, in it. Too. There's another map board, double-sided map. Yep. So there's four tracks. There's nice. uh, eight different dice with f- four or six different cards each. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, so we knocked it out in what? 40 minutes? 40 minutes, yeah. yeah. It was relatively with, with, short. With the teach. And yeah. if you back it up and just go again straight away. It'd be done um, in less than 25. Oh, easy. easy. Yeah. Because like when people are like actually moving it, uh, like rolling, you just roll and like, yeah, yeah we all done. So yeah, right. Rolling, go. Next one we go. Rolling right. is done simultaneously. You can choose to pause and wait for other people just to see what they're... But that, usually that happens right at the end yep. where you're trying to see, can they make the finish line or can they not? I might hold off, see what they do. Yep. That's it. Okay. So one question that I think we need to start asking every, every time we review or we, we do our sort of like impressions, spot, spotlight game. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything we would think to add to the game or take away from the game to make it better? Oh, no, I don't think so. I think if you start adding stuff to this game, you take away from the simplicity of what it's offering. The only thing I think you may want to take away is... is uh, I, I don't actually know. I, I really don't know. I think it for what it's offering, I don't think there's anything I'd really change about the game. Okay. Um, and maybe that's also what I probably would want to change about it is probably solved by having the the variability of the player cards. Yeah. Um, which is we played with the beginner set. I mean, I, what about you, Reese? Um, no, I I don't I don't know. I can't think of. Anything. I don't want to sit here for two minutes trying to critique it. Is there anything, Damo, that you would like to change about this? I, I, I wouldn't change anything because I think the game is mechanically sound. Add a bag. You could add a bag. If you really no, want but, then, but then it's a bag, but yeah. not a dice roller. Yeah. Or you could add like the Yahtzee cup. Just so you can oh, yeah. Like a um, mini cup. Maybe go to Etsy. We'll find some yeah. rollers. Roller <laughs> what, what I would say, though, is... That could um, be fun. Roll it and then lift it up. Is, yeah. is again, so like going back to the comparison between this and Quacks and like I, I don't want to sound like I'm still beating this horse, um, but the other thing that Quacks has is the round bonus card. I think something like that for this could be pretty cool. The only downside to doing that is it could slow the game down because Quacks, Quacks is very procedural. It's like, all right, now we're starting the new round, okay? So now you're drawing your your chits, okay? So now we're doing the end of round bonuses and the scoring, and now we're buying stuff from the market. This is a lot faster because because when, when we're rolling dice, that that that's over rather quickly. Mm. Especially in our case where we were being either super conservative or we just bust, and it's like, well, I'm done. Um, but still having like having round cards that would say, all right, everyone gets a green dice this round. Oh, actually, yeah, special um, yeah, events. Yeah. events would be cool. Event, special yeah, events would be really cool. Something like yeah. that, or like or or um, say this no, round, all yeah. all coins on the map are worth double. No sideways yeah. movement. No, yes, yeah, so, something like that. Just something streaker on streaker on the map. Yeah, you know, on the on the on the course or yeah. something like that. Yeah, um, that like, could work. Yeah, I I think I think something like that would would be a sensational expansion to the game. Um, it's it's not absolutely necessary. This is just a a, a fart dream that I just thought of now. When 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 compare it when when comparing it to yeah. um, one of my favorite games, but I will say that um without it the game is amazing. But I think with it it. It, it, it would just only make the game more fun. Um, I did think of one thing to change, and I'm red, green, colorblind, and I have troubles telling oh, yeah. with the yeah. ribbons. Yeah, you mentioned that right at the <laughs> beginning. Yeah, if they change that to white, that'd be cool because there's nothing else white on the board. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's a very good point as well. Yeah, yeah. that's a very good point. And uh, also, funny enough, we've had this lined up for nearly two weeks now, Yeah, me coming here. This morning at 4.51, I get an email from AEG, the publishers of this game, there's an expansion coming out. Oh, wow. There we go. Um, it's called Foul Play. <laughs> okay. Uh, it adds two new dice colors. Fantastic. It 
expands up to six players. Yes, that could be fun. Yep. And it introduces a new two-sided board. Cool. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah. Nice. So it's, so it's it's the right type of expansion. It's just more stuff. More yeah. stuff would you be more good. More stuff. So I think more players as well. Six players. Yeah. It, more yeah. players is not going to hurt. If um, I it because everyone rolls at the same time and yeah. does everything. And, yeah, and it's good. it would add more blocking on the map. Yeah. Which would be a ton of fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, as we just cross the one hour mark now for our podcast, we're just going to go into our discussion uh, topic uh, for this week, which is um, we've, as, as we said at the at this top, at the start of this top uh, podcast, we told you that, you know, Reese is one of the, the admins uh, for the MacArthur Board Gamers. Um, he is unfortunately uh, leaving us. He's going... Uh, not for much longer. Not, for much not longer. an admin. Yeah, no, yeah. you're going two and a half hours <laughs> south down to the, the capital of Australia, down into the can, the, becoming a can baron. So how dare you? But that's okay. <laughs> but what we didn't mention is that you were actually the first. You were the OG, the, the originator of the group. Um, and so as far as I'm aware, you started it. You brought in uh, Damo and Ralph or am, am I... Am no, no, no. no. I, think, uh, I started the group. Yeah. I started the yeah. Facebook group. Yeah. And it wasn't shortly long after that um, Damo invited me around to his place with Ralph. Yeah. Yes. And we played Scythe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And it only grew and expanded from there. Yeah. So from there, then you invited those two in to help with the group. I then came in like a year and a half later from that point. I think you guys had been around, been I think for like 12 months at that point or 18 months probably. But, Something like that, yeah. And then I was very happy to find the group um, because I realized like, you know, my friends like to play games, but we're at that stage of life where a lot of people are, um, you know, finding it hard to find time to, to come over for a games night or if a games night does happen, it quickly turns into a, well, actually, let's have a chat instead of playing games at the moment. But the reason why we wanted to do that is because we wanted to, um, yeah, just get your, you get your, you know, talk to us about, you know, why did you start, why did you start the group? Um, you know, obviously there were reasons, you know, um, but then for any advice for people who are looking to start their own group, what can they do about, what do you think, what are some lessons you've learned, you know, having been a part of this yeah when the group's now at 360 something 60 members or something like that we're nearly yeah, pushing close to 400 close to 400 now yeah which is really cool to see um but we just wanted to you know talk to us about it and you know uh, you know how you know why'd you start the group and um you know how'd you go about it obviously and what what have you learned um i wanted to start a group because my friends aren't interested in board games like my immediate friends mm. um they'd come over and play monopoly or um, I had a different board game it was like my first board game which was actually quite it was a deck builder it's called Shadowrun Crossfire it, oh, yep. um, I don't you haven't heard of it no um, it's a cooperative deck builder which is my mm-hmm. immediate go to genre yep. <clears throat> um, but it is quite a bit heavy especially for new people who aren't into board games yep. and you know um without their knowledge of completely skipping the gateway games like Dominion, working our way up to Ascension and Aeon's End. Um, yeah, it is. it was on the quite heavier side, so they did come over and play it, and then it sat on my shelf for ages. Couldn't get anyone to, to play it. So, um, yeah, uh, I started... After they didn't want to come around for that game, I started... I went back to the drawing board and went, okay, I like deck builders. What's something easier? 
to introduce players to and I found Dominion. Um, that was highly suggested. I think I posted on Reddit, like Australian board game gamers or yep. something like that yeah. or just board games in general on Reddit mm-hmm. and yeah, everyone said Dominion's the granddaddy deck builder. Yep. So I went and bought that and invited them around and yeah, they had way more fun that time around. But um, I wanted to reach out to other people in the community um, and I saw that there was an Ingleburn group but it was like suburb specific kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I wanted a whole region yep. to try and build up yep. a community for. So that's why I started MacArthur Board Gamers on a whim. And I, I think I posted in MacArthur Notice Board. I might, or no, it was Australian Board Game Geeks. Yeah, the, the AB. Yeah, that one. Board Game yeah. Because yeah. that, that, was, that was when I responded to you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how we started to get the ball rolling for yep. our group. I nice. Re- yeah. I remember we spent weeks of Sundays where you would say, I'm going to go to Hall of Heroes. Yeah. And I would say, I can't do Sundays, dude. It's like, Sundays, not happening. I posted but- for weeks and weeks and weeks trying to get people to go to Hall of Heroes <laughs> to play Dominion and I got no bites. Hey. Yeah. yeah. So, that is a, it was, it was I, I remember it feeling like it was fizzling out a little bit until... Um, until I met Ralph, and then Ralph was saying, "Have you played?" And so, and then I remember, I remember I went. This is when I went, sort of like went over to Ralph's place, got to meet him and his wife, um, and we were playing like Rolf the Galaxy and a couple other games. And then he mentioned um, he mentioned the group as well, and I said, "Yeah, so look, I've I've had a conversation with Reese, but I've never met him." And um, that that was when he said, "Well, look, you know." Let's find out what he likes to play and stuff. And this is when we just started the group, and that's that's so. So basically, the group that we have now for MacArthur Board Gamers for the admins. That's what it was originally. Yeah, that's, it was just it was, us it was three. just a chat, just us three, and that's what it started. And if you go all the way back in the history of the, of the group, you'll see there's just conversation of like, hey, you know, you want to come around to my place to play Scythe, and that was how it started, and that was it. Um, uh, we had a game of Scythe. We played Six Nymphs on that night as well. Yep, and that was it, and it was great. Cockroach Poker. Cockroach Rogue was the other one. I went home and bought it. Yes. <laughs> so did I after I played it the first time too. Yeah. I went, oh, damn, i got to buy that yeah. game. Yeah. And, and that was it. And then um, from there, uh, that's when um, we started to sort of communicate a bit more. The group started to grow. That was when um found out about the game center opening up in Arellan. I went, I had, again, on a whim, I went for a walk there about two weeks before they opened. And I met Ben, who who was the original owner of the store, and that was when you know we struck a deal and stuff like that. And yeah, and lo and behold, I think it was like less than a month later, we booked a Friday, and that was and we had nineteen people. There was up. yeah, the it first week was, was crazy. It was crazy the number of people that turned up. It was like we didn't have we had enough games, we just weren't expecting that many people yeah. to turn up. Um, and it's great. I mean, lockdowns aside. Um, which I have said before was the obviously the the biggest sort of hurdle we mm-hmm. had to cross um, with 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 growing the group. It's only grown since then, and then and now you throw um, Blood on the Clock Tower in there as well. 
which has then had almost like a cross-promotion thing because we've had people who would normally only go to Blood on the Clock Tower now coming to the board gaming events. And vice versa. And vi- vice versa. And, I mean, like, it, it's just crazy because I've I've now spoken to, um, yeah, just professionals in the community, whether it be doctors, whether it be, um, you know, my youngest son's uh, therapist or so- something like that. And they they're all members of the group. And they yep. all say, okay, oh, it's like, oh, so you organized this. Yeah, there's a few admins and we organize. When's the next one? It's just really great to just have conversation mm. with people and going, so when's the next one? Well, like, and that's the thing. I remember I joined the group after lockdown because lockdown had finally finished. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm looking for, you know, I had, you know, my friends all came to me during lockdown going, we are so bored. Let's play games or something. And, you know, Jackbox and I had the board game stuff that we played and a lot of different stuff. And then I remember, I was like, oh, I really want to get back into playing some of the heavier games and no one was around to play them. And so I, on a whim, I just typed in board games in Facebook and then I saw MacArthur board games. I went, what the hell is this? And I joined, clicked to join the group and got in and I was like, oh, and you guys, yeah, we've got a meetup coming up, right? And I've told this story before about the first time I went to the meetup and I was legit nervous because I'm like, you know, I don't know anyone. This is the first time I'm going to play board games with strangers and yet then you know, a year and a half later, here we are doing a podcast, playing, doing board games, and, talking about stuff, right? And you turned up to one of the worst. Oh, there was only four, there was four of us, yeah. there was just yeah. four of us that night. I do remember that, yeah. It was, and there was, and the it was us three, and it was us three and Jason, if I believe correctly, I think it was. Yeah. And, but to be honest, but that night stuck in my head a lot, because even though it was just us four, it allowed me just to kind of get to know you guys. We played, I remember we played, you know, uh, 20 minute uh, World War Two. So we played uh, Blitzkrieg. Blitzkrieg. Yeah. We played, we played, cr- we played Clank. And I was like, but that was enough. I was like, yeah, cool. This is, I'm actually legit really happy to play this. And just, yeah. and then from there, but I do think that it provides a really, it provides a safe space and like a community group for a group of people where it's like, you know, there's the adage, which is it's easier to make friends out of board gamers than turn, bo- like, sorry, it's easier to, turn board gamers into friends than friends into board gamers. A hundred percent. I feel that is that, that quote there hundred percent resonates with me. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I feel that. And like, and I know it's hard for a lot of people to hear sometimes because my family loves games, but they don't really love games. They love the social aspect of being around the table and playing maybe a game as a thing. Whereas like, I really dig like game mechanics and playing stuff. The reason why I love heavier games, you know, and this group, you guys, um, you know, provided a place where I can go, you know, you know, Damien's like, sweet, I've got people who can play these really heavy yeah. games with. And I'm like, all down for it. So I guess the to close up before we get to the end of the podcast, I guess the question is, you know, if people are out there and they're listening to this podcast and they want to create their own group, Reese, I mean, you seem simply did it by just going to Facebook. <laughs> but like, yeah. where are some places that people may be able to find like on if like Facebook, as we've talked about, uh, Damien, you can answer this one as well. If you're looking to start a group in your area, what are some ways that people may be able to go about it and et cetera, go from uh, there? My first suggestion would be to go to, there's a Facebook group called Australian Board Game Geeks. Is that the one? Yep. A-B-G-G-G. Go to there. There is a featured or pinned post that someone manages by themselves. It's a Google Doc that has a map attached to it. That's really cool. Click into it. Uh, zoom into your location and you'll see little pin pop-ups of where registered gamer groups are 
um, sorry, logged sorry. in, like being logged and mm-hmm. managed by this one person. And it's it's up to us, say myself. I approached him and said, "Hey, I'm starting a Macarthur Ball Gamers group. Can you please put it on the map so people know about this?" Craig is his name. Craig, Craig Summerton. Yep. That's the one. Yep. Um, on the post. So if you go onto there, zoom into your location, see what's around. If there is something around, try and suss it out. If it's still active, try and find out who created it. Craig might have a name for you um, or just post in the group saying, hey, does this uh, group still meet? If not, if there's nothing around you locally, feel free to let Craig know about what you're planning to do and uh, start a, a Facebook uh, group. Yeah. Um, name it after your uh, little uh, area, oh, yeah, yep. and um, then post into the Australian Board Game Geeks saying, "Hey, I've started a, um, a group. If you would like to meet up with other board gamers to play games, yeah, um, let's do it." Yeah, I'll, I'll say. And I know I said this on another uh, on another another episode is. Like Facebook is hands down the best tool that I found for this. Reddit is also pretty good, mm-hmm. um, but Facebook just just because it has um, the fact that you can build up like a messenger, so so you, you can use messenger for chat afterwards and so on and so forth. You can set up groups and events, and it, it's just it just has all all the tools there. But the important thing is find a larger online group that may not necessarily be location specific to wherever you are in, in the world. Um, start reaching out on there and just say, hey, I this this is where I am. I'd like to play games with others. You will get a, a crazy amount of response and it will all be positive. I can almost promise you that because this is the, the, the nature of the board gaming community, at least what I found anyway is that it is a truly welcoming and friendly community and everyone is willing to do the one thing, to, to help people out to just play more games because that's all we really want to do. So yep. I will say, so I'd say absolutely everything Reese has said, if that fails, just find one of the bigger groups um, on Facebook, jump in there, write a post, have comment on an existing post, and you'll be surprised how quickly people will direct you in the right direction, in, in a direction. If it turns out, as Ray said, that there just isn't anything in your area, start a group. That is literally all we did. We started a group. We sat on eight people for I don't know how long. <laughs> I literally just yeah. accepted a person in the Facebook group just hey. this moment. Because I was going through, I was like, oh, I got a notification on Facebook. Oh, someone's requested to join the group. Hey. We are now officially at 341 members. So literally go. just at that moment. So... so Someone has just joined the group, so and that that is um, the nature of things at the moment. So look, I, I that's 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 what I would say is do that, and you'll be surprised how many people out there actually are interested in playing a variety of different games. How many people are out there that you actually realize have the same interests in games? Um, don't get too friendly though, or you'll probably start a podcast with them. That's <laughs> true. That much, mate. That's true. Um, and, and But on top of that as well, the best part is that you get to meet some really interesting people who who have different gaming interests to yours who then help you get exposed to different games without you necessarily needing to bite them. Yep. Um, which 
Gods Let's, of Atlantis. I'm just, like because you are be getting real. it. I literally am like, yeah. oh, but Damien's about to buy it. Do I really need to buy this one as well? Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's don't, don't talk don't, about it. Don't talk about it. Another another option. Sorry, you no, no, go no, for no, it. I, I was, um, yeah. Another option you have is go to your local board game shop that sells board games and yeah. ask behind the counter, hey, um. I'm interested in playing board games. I've looked up. There's no groups according yep. to you know Facebook group searches. Um, is do you know of anything? Um, and see see what see what direction they point you in. Yeah, because I I did do that with Game Center when I was still at Macarthur Square. Um, I actually just walked up to them and said, oh, okay. "Hey, do you guys run board game nights?" And the reason why they stopped was because for anyone who knows, for anyone who. Magic the Gathering is where the money's at. Well, it, it wasn't just that. At the the old location, there just wasn't any room. Oh, yeah. The old store yeah. was yeah. really, really was, thin. It was tiny. Narrow, nothing. Um, so that was a real hurdle. But still, they were they were really, really helpful because this was very, very, very early on in me coming back into board games and yeah. not realizing the value of what Facebook was. And it was the store manager there who actually said, did you know about these Facebook groups? And I went, no. So, yeah, so absolutely go to your local board game store, have a chat with people there. You'd be surprised that not everyone uh, not, not everyone within a board gaming store is, uh, is all about magic or Pokemon or anything like that. There will be people there that are truly interested in board games and they will be able to help you out too. Yep. Okay, and with that, I think, uh, look, we're going to have to bring this one to a close because we could talk all night about uh, why gaming groups are good and, yeah, the people in them, but uh, we do have some uh, beds to get to. And Are you right? You didn't only just playing with dice, you also have to create... Oh, whatever. I'm going to get this one going. If you guys enjoyed what you guys were listening uh, to this podcast, please go to our YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash at BG Gateway. You can also go and find us on your, uh, you know, your streaming platform of choice for the podcast whether or not that be spotify youtube google podcast apple podcast wherever you know wherever you get your podcast go and have a look there um i would like to also give a big shout out to our website so www.boardgamegateway.com go there you'll find links to our discord which is slowly starting to grow we're getting some pretty active members in there which is pretty cool we um play bg uh, board game arena games tabletop simulator games online so you can't make it in person we've got those as well um but before these two start to annoy me anymore by playing with the dice i'm going to say thank you very much for joining us reese thank you very much for coming here it's been a pleasure to have you thanks for having me it's an honor to finally make it on here yep it's great weird to have you and damien thanks for showing up i guess again i guess it's, it's nice to have you mate thanks man. i'm sorry i walked you by the can by the ev I'd last say, night i'd say I, i'd say it was an honor but... yeah. and with that let's end the episode <laughs> <laughs> see you next time is the music rolling right now yeah, um honestly how did you get that music uh, where did you find it is it like royalty free or something i just went And I just go. It's so catchy.